power is here. Check it out. And you're locked on to Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio station. It's my station. It's my station. This is, this is, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome on in 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard. Hope you're all well. Happy Wednesday, everybody. It's happy hump day. Halfway, baby. Halfway to that weekend. Yes. Let's get it. Uh, how you doing, by the way? You I'm good? doing good. I saw you messing with, with some gadgets. What do you got going on over here? What's here. Your, what are you the, planning? Put this on your, uh, my lape- on, on, my your lapel? on your lapel there. <laughs> my lapel. Okay. Okay. You just okay. So you on. put it on there like that, right? It's ready. Okay. And then uh I hope Nate knows that I'm expensing all this stuff. Oh. Is this one of those purchases? Yeah. So Scotty right now has this whole box of so, gadgets and gizmos. Yep. So What's now in we're the box. What's in the box? So now we're recording. Hello everybody. Say hi. Hello, everybody. And that mic is now going into my phone. Oh, okay. So it gives and you- And we're recording a video. Gives you quality video with quality audio. Yes. Yep. And so now we can preview what's coming up on the show, send it out on the Instagram, and then Maddie doesn't yell at us. Uh, if you don't know, uh, Maddie and Sarah are both- uh, I got to get this out from the mic here. Uh, are both uh, barking at us to do more social media stuff. And when Maddie and Sarah tell us to jump, we just- Ask how high. And we Ask go. how high, yeah. yeah. So today on the show, Lloyd, what do we got today? There's Lloyd all the way over there. What do we got today, Lloyd? Does he have one on? No, he no, does not have one. I don't you're not going to hear me. Yeah, he's not going to hear it. Yeah. So we got Mark Harlan coming on the show today. Uh, we also have Kurt Heelan coming up at 2.05. And we're about ready to jump into our conversations from last night's basketball games because they were, what did I say as we were leaving the show yesterday? I said, if we could get two wins out two of this, wins. Yep. our Wednesday is made. Yep. Well, people, our Wednesday is made. Yep. And I'm happy. I feel like I'm giving everybody vertigo, too, by doing all this weird stuff. Uh, are they live streaming this, or is no. this something you post later? No, I'll post it later. Oh. So, in fact, I'll post it right now. So, here we go. Stop. Pop that out. And I'll just send it right to the old uh, Instagram. So, how many mics can you attach to that at one time? Uh, I think two. I think these two. Is this what you did with... Uh, Mr. Goodman yesterday? Yeah, and uh, also Danny Sprinkle and Great Ossibor. Okay. So, we'll so see. Get a little video and some good audio with it. Yep. Yeah, you know, trying to juice things up a little bit. I'm all for it, man. We'll figure it out. I don't know. I'm just, I, well, I put out a video today. I'm just trying to stay employed, you know? Yeah, I put out a, uh, I did a reel today. Broke down some offensive line skill set with a- Oh, I, yeah, I saw that. That was cu- good. Couple, I like that. That was fun. Whistle pigs. Yeah. That were getting in a fight. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying. It's just not us, man. I, I just, would, I would tell you that those two groundhogs, 
Those two varmint. Did you call them whistle pigs? Yeah, whistle pigs. Is that? Have you heard that before, Lloyd? I've never heard that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's whistle pigs. Um, did you nutmeg them? No, nope. Uh, no, and they didn't nutmeg either. Um, because they weren't playing soccer, they were actually engaged in football. Well, I think and, you nut- could you could nutmeg somebody in football too. Nut- nutmegging is in basketball, hockey, hockey and soccer. Yes. Correct? Yeah. Right. No, this was uh, football, and it was like beautiful technique. You can go look at it at nine seven five hands. I sent out a tweet with it, and then I did a reel on Instagram. Yes, I've done the last two days. I've done a reel each day, so I'm I'm working on a reel. If you want to go, should we call it keeping it real with hands? <laughs> no, no, please. I don't want. Anything gimmicky. I really don't want to draw true attention to this. You know what we do need to draw attention to is, though, Scotty, you're, yeah. you're doing some content outside of the basketball game, and it's not getting as much traction as your time and effort you're putting into it. So what we need to do is advertise it and tell people, if you're interested in what's happening before a basketball game and after a basketball game, Scotty is doing a lot of social media content and so you're you're already saying it's a failure is what you're saying no i i was trying to promote it for you because because i feel like it's a failure well that's because people aren't li- what enough aren't watching and listening yeah. but that's because they don't know about it so what i'm saying is go watch it yeah i'm just no i by the way i wasn't taking a shot at you i'm just saying like i was i was having a conversation with my wife this morning and i'm like I don't know if this is like well, the bang for the buck. Here. I think that you and I, and and I don't know if Lloyd would agree, but I think that you and I could probably agree okay. that that all social media is not worth the squeeze. No, it's, it's no. just not. No, being on Twitter, being on Instagram, now Facebook. Really, Facebook is just that is my my opportunity to to log some family stuff and share it with family most everything i post on facebook is a limited grouping of five maybe six people yeah that's it i just i keep it to the family or i keep it to who's involved in the post and i don't share my posts really broadly with anybody anymore so you with the miniature horse is not meant for that was because that was one of the coolest that was one of the most enjoyable times of my life i wanted everybody to see how great it is to be pulled in a buggy by a miniature horse no i was talking about the miniature horse that you you sat on not the buggy the one he's riding he was awesome he's trying to make no the one with the the helmet crack at you Uh, scotty so what what are you doing what you're doing is you're reminding me am i wrong hold on lloyd's reminding me why i privatize everything on facebook because lloyd went to my facebook Grabbed that picture yep. off of my Facebook yep. without and decided your, without to go your public with it. Explicit permission. Yes. And you know what the definition of that is? A puke. Oh, wow. I was you gonna, go to Facebook. You go that far. You go to Facebook and you take one of my pictures and you go all public with it and then make it look like I'm riding a small horse. It was a funny it angle. Was, it was a small horse. It was a funny angle. What are you talking about, Tyrone? It was a, <laughs> <laughs> it was a funny angle of a picture, Tyrone. Park a jumbo jet in there. Tyrone, it's not like it came up in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, was, okay, that, was, that was a little rough, Lloyd. 
moving on. Get back to what you're saying. We're moving on. Moving away from that. I don't want to move away from it because it was jerky what you did. But, man, we've got a great show. Uh, excited to get going with some of these gadgets and gizmos that Scotty's bringing in. No, no, in. We're, we're good now. We're all done. You can you can take that off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just did like a quick little one-minute thing, put it on the old gram, and uh, and so five whole people will watch it. So the, you've got to recharge these things? These aren't battery-operated? No, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, they, yeah, you put them up to a charger. You charge them up. Okay. But it worked pretty good. Like, yeah, for before a game, I'll do a little pregame hit. And then I will do a halftime hit, and then I try to— uh, And it's all from your phone. And it's all from my phone. You don't yeah. need a camera. Nope. Nope. That's, that's kind of nice. And then, uh, and, then, and then I try to do a little postgame hit. So you can follow me at Scotty G Zone. You can follow hands at 97.5 hands on the, uh, on the old gram or the Insta, whatever the kids are calling it these days. And uh, any, any kind of look that you can get of it, any kind of attention you can give us would be appreciated because, you know, we're just trying to stay relevant. That's it. That's all we're trying to do. Relevant and young. Yeah. Got to keep up with the things that the kids are interested in when you're in this medium. It annoys me greatly. It does me too, buddy. Because it used to just be, hey, you know what we'll do? We'll keep our signal strong and we'll shoot it out to every car. Yeah. And now it's like... Well, maybe we won't. Maybe what we'll do is shoot it out in podcast form. So which, that's what we're doing. Which is available for you there as well. Darn right. Yes. On a great platform. Yep. Provided and, daily. And uh, I don't know, Lloyd, have you got an update? When, when are the cameras coming in here where we're going to, like, stream this thing, too? I have not received the update on that yet, but I would imagine that's I think right we're only a couple of months away where yeah, you're going to get right us on, the, on the, uh, the old YouTube as well. So you can watch us live. Still fighting to have it not in the producer. Oh, you're getting video. it. Oh, so, look, if I Hans like and I have to do to it, you guys. No, 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 no. If Hans and I have to be on camera, you have to be on camera too. One billion percent. One billion percent. People need to see you and what you do back there, and they got to hear what you're saying and Which see is, what you're doing. Turn on your mic. No, that is not true. Boom. They need to see the screens and all the drops that you pull and the sound that Scotty and I send and you edit it and they need to see it all in detail. You're making it sound like Lloyd's actually putting in some work over there. Yeah, that's not the case. But thank you, Tanya, if you're listening. I I do a lot of things. Hey, guys, I'm efforting. I want cameras on Lloyd. Wow. (laughs) Oh, Oh, wow. That's a dirty look you just gave me. See, that needs to be on camera. No, because that was uncalled for, because sometimes people don't get back. And so, yes, I am efforting. I know you are. Mm. We're just having, we're just funning, that's all. Jeez. Oh, are we funning? We're Jeez, just funning. Lloyd. This show's going to be wrecked before one. Jeez, Lloyd, it's a joke. All right, let's get to it. Starting the lineup, Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is Hanson Scotty G. Let's go. The lineup is set, and it's time to kick off the show with the biggest topic of the day. This is the starting lineup on 97.5, the KSL Sports Song. a good team win. I feel like we really stepped up, especially from last game. We didn't get the results we wanted, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think we did an amazing job holding them to 37 in the first half, 34 in the second. That was a big emphasis going into this game, and I think we did a really good job of it. 
Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hope you're all having a tremendous day. Big wins last night up and down the Wasatch Front. College hoops was hopping yesterday, Hands. Yeah. It was a fun one as uh, you got Utah State getting the win, and then you also had Jackson Robinson leading BYU to an impressive victory over Baylor. Let's start with that one as BYU gets it done at home against the 11th-ranked Bears. Yeah, and they really needed to do it because that loss at Oklahoma State was an ugly loss. And they needed something that they could hang their hat on. And this is now their second top 25 win of the season. That's a pretty remarkable thing. Yeah. They were able to get a win over number 24 Iowa State at the time, 87-72. And then last night getting win over Baylor and I was having a blast with with both sides I was actually because they both tipped at the same time I was kind of running back and forth doing uh, stop pauses watching BYU yeah. and then going to watching Utah State and then going back and watching BYU I was grabbing some clips of BYU and Ali Khalifa just caught my attention the entire night and it's not and by the way he caught my attention with some ugly defense at times but more importantly, he caught my attention with all of his skill sets offensively. I only use this comparison because people can get a small vision of it without seeing Ali Khalifa. But it really is, there's not a comparison to, to the actual skill set and ability, but kind of the way it's used. He plays the game a little bit like Jokic. Again, not saying no, no. he's Jokic. No, no. But, but if you close your eyes and you picture. Jokic getting the ball in possession, the high point with the ball, the the shoulder switching, waiting for some of the curl sets or waiting for some of the offensive sets to form, and then hitting the right pass at the right moment. When he hits the right pass at the right moment, he then moves into an offensive position. So if there is a board, an offensive board, he's set and ready for whatever's next, whether that's a three-point shot or or if that's him rotating to the board, if he's in spot rotating to, rotating to the board, he'll get an offensive board too. Yeah. But he just knows where to go off the board to be in position and ready for the next shot and opportunity. And there were multiple times last night, Ali Khalifa sent a perfect pass. That shot was missed. And he was in some way, shape, or form ready for a board, ready for a pass or ready for his own shot. And that's Jokic. Jokic can create, I think, a little bit more than Ali Khalifa. I think he create, and, and I'm talking about creating your own shot. But Khalifa hit a, it was like an eight or 10 foot jumper straight away. Maybe just slightly off the, off the elbow. Just beautiful. And he hit a couple of straightaway threes. And he had a lot of assists. I think he had like five or six assists. He had seven assists, seven rebounds, seven assists on that game. Okay, and I think five of those assists were in the first half. Yeah. Scotty, he was lights out. Well, and, and, and you know what was crazy? You know what was fun? Switching over to the Utah State, watching Great Osborne. Great Osborne also seven assists last night. And then flipping over to BYU and watching Ali Khalifa and realizing, wait a second, wait, wait. This is the type of player that is dominant, not just in the NBA, in Joel Embiid, Nicole Jokic, um, Giannis Antetokounmpo. This is also the type of athlete that is extremely dominant at the college level. Because when you can shoot the three, when you can hit a suitable pass, 
when you got a little bit of a stretch that forces respect and you can pass the ball. And Great Osborne had a couple of assists that were like, oh, geez, that is so pretty. And a lot of Ollie's assists are handoff assists off the curl or off of some type of offensive movement. And it's and he's and he's really good at setting the block, setting the screen. It's it's impressive what those two guys do. Yeah. And uh the fact that now look, great Osborne's got a little bit more back to the basket game and and he's a post guy, whereas Ali Khalifa was what, four of six from three last night. So, I mean, that dude can stretch the the court. Something the great Osborne can do or cannot do, but great Osborne's got a little bit more moves in the post than Khalifa. They're two different players, but yet they play the game in such a way that they get teammates involved yeah. and they're able to execute their respective game plans perfectly. And uh, it was a big night for college hoops. It was really fun to watch. I didn't obviously I didn't have a chance to watch the BYU game live, went back and uh, rewound that sucker and uh, got it going this morning and was just crazy impressed with how BYU played with 20 assists on their, what, 29 made buckets last yeah. night. And that's when that offense is clicking and it's humming uh-huh. and they're not only making their threes, but the ball movement's great. The action's great. BYU's tough to beat. I mean, BYU's really tough to beat. And, like, they were down quick early in that game. I think they were down nine, ten minutes into the game. And to be able to respond the way they did with some big buckets, you know, with, uh, you know, uh, you go down the list, you know, Jackson Robinson with some great moments down the stretch in that game. Um, you know, didn't shoot the ball particularly well early in the game, but made big shots when he had to. And, you know, look, BYU, look, they're not the most aggressive team out there. They only attempted nine free throws. Baylor had 21 free throws in that game. But what I do like is that offense, when it runs and it's crisp and it runs as effective as, as it can, the sky's the limit on what BYU can do in the in the Big 12 and in the NCAA tournament. They're a lock. I think you had two teams that really locked up their NCAA tournament oh, bids last that night. That was the other thing that came from those two yeah. top 25 wins. For everybody that's just tuning in, BYU and Utah State both nailed down a top 25 win last night. Yes. I think that that puts Utah State back in the top 25, at least that would be my hope. Yeah, and they don't play another game this week, so all the voters are just going to look and sit at them beating 19th rank San Diego State. A tier one, a really nice tier one yeah. victory, and BYU with a really nice tier one victory, who sits currently at 25 in the top 25, that should stabilize them, potentially move them up a couple of spots. But both these teams are fun to watch. Uh, it, you know, both these teams have really interesting pieces that make a difference. You They're talk- just so different, too. But yet, being around and watching different offensive sets makes me appreciate the strengths of these two teams. Because, I frankly, I think it's it sucks that they don't play each other this year. Because you would see two polar opposite teams go toe-to-toe with each other. Utah State, a little bit slower, deliberate. Um, you know, back to the basket. They look like a 90s... NBA team you know everything goes through the post whereas BYU plays that Euro ball five out everybody can shoot the three everybody can stretch you out they switch everything and that's kind of where the bas- game of basketball is going right now but it's just fun to see two really elite teams here in the state of Utah that play the game so very differently yeah yeah and, and by the way I know we're comparing Osborne and Khalifa 
and their numbers were very similar last night to each other, seven rebounds, seven assists. But flipping back and forth and watching the entirety of the game but doing it in segments. So I was able to just cut out commercials, recorded yeah. both, flip back and forth, watched it in as much live time as I could because I was trying to grab videos and tweet them out. And by the way, you can go look at some of the videos that I tweeted out on Ali Khalifa. I, I sent out probably four or five videos just showing his skill set. And and I leave a lot of Osborne stuff to Scotty because he's doing his social media stuff and, and he's doing his calls there. And so you're getting it there. But what's crazy is, yeah, th- there are some comparisons you can draw, but they are different. Yes. Osborne is a physical, athletic giant that loves to just over bear and just get work done ali khalifa is a bit more finesse and slow movement he's a bit more joe ingles in his movement and his delivery everything is deliberate everything is precise but everything is kind of calculated osborne is like let me get in the block give me the ball i'll overpower i'll grab my own rebound and i'll put it back whatever you need me to do oh and i can really pass both of them can pass both of them could hit the dime on the pass, which it, it allows it allows Falslev, it allows Brown, it allows Martinez to, to move off the ball and be able to find their spots and get to their mark and knock down an open shot because they know that Osborne is going to pass out of that block to a perfectly timed area. And I love Brown. Brown is awesome. Yeah, he's he's been so good over this last stretch too. You know, I was thinking about this, Isaac – Nissa, and I want you to talk to him a little bit about this. Isaac Nissa. Yeah, I'm just going to call him Isaac Nissa because I, I love Nissa. That Nissa Parma area, he grew up in one, some of the most beautiful country yeah. in this world. The Parma and Nissa are kind of up on a little bit of a plateau, all fertile soil, top in for hops, which they, they, they make beer out of. Oh, yeah. And the hop farms are different because they're like – it's like a 20-foot telephone pole with wires that run across to each telephone pole. And the hop vines grow up and over that wire and down. So it's big walls of these hop plants. But anyways, it's a gorgeous area. I, I want to see him, because he took 1-3 at the start of that game. Uh, you know, maybe three, four minutes in. And he missed it. I want to see him go back to it. I, like I was watching last night, and there was a couple times I thought he had the outside open look, and he swallowed it. He passed it back inside or he moved the ball. And I'm like, you missed one, and you thought, well, I don't want to be that guy. But when he hits, when he starts hitting, that's, it's a game-changing shot. It's really a game-changing shot, what he does and his ability to stretch. But Utah State's fun to watch, man. They're, they're fun to watch. And Mason Foslov is he is agile. That dude's a dog. Agile. Dude's an absolute dog. Uh, we got some. We got some good teams here, and and don't discount University of Utah. I know that they had to rally to beat UCLA, and they had a tough loss against USC. But uh, you know, they're, right now, if you look at some of the bracket projections, Utah State, U, uh, BYU safely in as of right now, and Utah. I think Lenardi had them as the next four out, so they're not. They're they're hanging in there. Would it? Oh, Utah's on the next four out? Yeah. Oh, shoot. Yeah, they need to get a couple wins. Yeah. They can get themselves back. That USC game really hurt them. Is it humanly possible that we could find Utah State and BYU in the same bracket with the potential to play? Ooh, 
Well, do, 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 the selection, you, you know, selection, the selection committee, do they, committee to do that? they don't, they say they're not supposed to, and they claim they don't, but I do think that they like their storylines. So I think they would look and say, well, okay, well, we can't have Utah State and BYU play. They played. And then they'd look and like, wait a minute, they haven't played. Huh? But here's the thing. I think they're both like, I think BYU right now is sitting in that like four or five seed area. They're both on the same seed yeah, and, and Utah State's kind of maybe a couple seeds down, maybe that six to eight seed. So I don't think they'd have to meet in a different round. Yeah, they would have to meet maybe in the Sweet 16 or something like that. I or uh, or the round of 32. I, I don't see a first round unless one of the team really collapses. Uh, and then you'd get like a, you know, a 12 five matchup or something like that. I or a 10 seven. I just but I don't see either one of those two teams slipping that much. I think, you know, we always talk about because, you know, your one through eight seeds are designated as the home teams in the first round. So they wear their whites. I think both teams are wearing their home whites in the first round of the tournament. I think that's the that's the direction both are heading, which so is absolutely to, incredible. They'd each have to get a win in yeah. order to potentially see each other. Yeah. There's just so much intrigue for me on this. Like, uh, watching Waterman and Nissa go back and forth would be incredible. Watching Osborne and Khalifa go back and forth would be incredible. Watching Hall try to stay in front of Brown and, and vice versa. Yeah. Would be fantastic. The matchups would be great. As you mentioned, the schemes are so different. Utah State would really have to be out, out on the perimeter protecting against that three because, you know, they hit 39% last night. They almost hit a 40 mark as a, as a team, and they hoisted up 36 attempts. So Utah State's going to have to really collapse out to the perimeter, make sure that they're contesting those threes, but be ready for those offensive setups because Khalifa loves to set up the top of the key, run all kinds of curls, all kinds of screens, all kinds of movement that runs over the top of his big body. They'd have to be able to defend that. And then BYU's got to figure out a way to defend the post Yeah. when Osborne puts his back into you. Because, by the way, Osborne went against, I think, Ledee. The, the biggest, the best, yeah. one of the best big men in the country. Yeah, Jaden Ledee's up for all kinds of postseason honors, and deservedly so. He's awesome. And will probably be the Mountain West Conference Player of the Year. And Osborne— Which is a shame because Osborne's right there. And Osborne went toe-to-toe with him last night. Now, Ledee had 23 points, you know— I mean, he did his thing, but the thing is, all of his points came in the mid-range. He's an elite mid-range shooter. Yeah, he is. And it's but, so good. But but he didn't have anything at the rim. He's a throwback mid-range shooter. Yeah. That you you know the the mid-range has been wiped away from this game, and he continues to force it. Yeah. But he's so good at it. And you know what's interesting is watching how Utah State in particular. It's like, oh, right, you want to take the long mid-range? Go ahead. And he's knocking it down. I was like, oh, okay, well. We're not going to let you go ahead on that anymore. And then he has to figure out what put yeah. the ball back on the, the court and get himself to the rim somehow. Yeah. And I thought Osborne did a good job. I thought it was fantastic. Well, I, what does he average a game? That's, Ledee? Yeah, that's 21, right. 21 a game. I was going to say, it's right yeah. at or just above his average. Yeah. All right, 1231, Hans and Scotty just getting started. Hope you're all having a great Wednesday. It's uh, it's a busy show. Mark Harlan, Athletic Director of the University of Utah, will join us at 105. Kurt Heelan joins us at 205 right here on The Zone. 
This is this is DJ and PK. Nick Robinson, assistant basketball coach at BYU. Obviously, you tried to educate yourself on the Big 12 and prepare as coaching staff for this move, but you can't know everything. What's the biggest surprise been? You know, I think the biggest surprise is what we were told, but you can't really know until you experience it, that the Big 12 is a gauntlet. Every single night is a physical battle. It's very, very high-level coaching. It's very high-level individual players. It's very high-level teams. We understood that, but we had not experienced it. And now we're 13 games in and have a better sense of what that is and what it means to be in the middle of the gauntlet. And we're uh, super excited about the next game. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Chevrolet. Proudly serving Utah since 1926. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Looking for the latest on the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies? Yeah, we've got you covered. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the Sports Zone. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I'm ready for Jazz to get back in underway. Enough of this uh, all-star break. Come on, guys. Let's get going. Yeah, it comes it. up tomorrow, and we'll get to see him get back into the second I guess the last part of this NBA season, and I, I'm ready for it too. I just don't have the highest of expectations. I don't either. I don't either. But I do want to see Keontae George. The way he finishes out this season is really important to me. Okay. Just want to see a little development, see how, how guys progress. But with them really just going all the way out and selling during the trade deadline, they did. They they sold. They They went on a full fire sell. And with that sale comes very, 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 very little expectations of postseason play. From yeah. Don't expect it. Would be absolutely shocked if I see it. Well, even, uh, you know, that Jordan Clarkson cut that we just played, Jordan's like, yeah, you know, we got to work hard. I got to be a leader and uh, get us into that play in. And he's like, I mean, the postseason. Like, even he realizes that, like, the likelihood of, of postseason basketball is slim and – the best chance that they have is really hanging in there and trying to be a 10 seed and get into that play-in tournament. Yeah, that's the very most that they're going to be able to find. And I don't know what's going to happen with the Lakers and what's going to happen with Golden State, but there's a real likelihood that if Utah were able to find themselves in the play-in, they're probably facing one of those two. Yes. Because I, I think both are on the press. The amount of money they're spending and the amount of time that they've got left with these rosters, I think they're both really pushing. Although I'm surprised they didn't do more to buy and try to bolster at the tread deadline to, to, to make a push, both of them. But both of them are maxed out, especially Golden State. $209 million in salary this year. $209 million. That put, put that in perspective. The Jazz are at 136 or $137 yeah. million. And, and by the way, they're they're well into the repeater. Oh yeah, no the the amount of money that they're paying into the rest of the league that's just wasted money. So Golden State's going to make a push. This okay. So this actually sets up for something really intriguing to watch in the West. Watch either Golden State or the Lakers end up fighting in the play-in, locking up either the seven or eight, or maybe it's those two, the seven and the eight, and Minnesota having to go through a seven-game series with LeBron. Or having to go through a seven-game series with Steph Curry. The Timberwolves might yeah. face a 1-8 or a 2-7 
which would pin them up against two legacy organizations with the still some of the best talent to step on a basketball court. That would be their first round in the NBA playoffs. That, that's potentially what's going to happen. And I'm not sure what's happening with Sacramento. I don't know is, is, if Sacramento's going to make kind of a late-season push. I've been interested in Sacramento. But I actually think that currently the, the five teams that are out in the West, I think that's how it's going to play out. Now, they can, they can all be in different areas, but the Utah Jazz, the Houston Rockets, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Portland Trailblazers, and the San Antonio Spurs, I think that's actually how it's going to play out. Yeah. I mean, the Jazz still technically just, what, uh, a couple games back from Golden State for that 10 spot. I mean, they could realistically hang in there. But don't Houston you think Golden could, State and, and Los Angeles, they're both yeah, I on do the too. press? Man. Well, and, and I mean, okay, you want to go conspiracy theory? NBA wants Golden State and the Lakers playing in that tournament. A million percent. Yes. Um, they don't want the Jazz I mean, to overtake and the yeah. Lakers fall outside. And- if you're Adam Silver, you're like, all right, look, we could have Steph and Clay and Draymond, or we could have and LeBron and uh, and and the Lakers, or we could have Laurie Markkinen and Jordan Clarkson and the Jazz. Yeah. The, the, the other thing that I'm interested in, too, Scotty, in this final, whatever it is, 25-game push. So, the Lakers and Golden State, they both got old talent. And both of them have been really pushing and utilizing some of the, the rest mentality. Yes. Doing the best they can to rest and, and get their older guys a little bit of a breather. In this final push, knowing where they're at, I think that some of that management – is probably going to slim out, and these guys are going to be put on the court more, asked to do more, and make sure that they're both getting that play-in opportunity, at the very minimum. Yeah. And I could actually see Golden State and the Los Angeles Lakers working into the 7-8, the top part of that where it's a win and you're in, instead of having to win two and, and to get in. Or even maybe Golden State leaking up into – that six seed where I don't have to play in. Yeah, I could see that. Just saying, okay, enough with load management. Let's push all our chips in. We're going to make one final run at this. And I don't, yeah, I don't think Golden State could, but the Lakers could. The Lakers could. Yeah, Golden State's, they're way back. I mean, they're three games back in the win loss calling to the Lakers, but the Lakers are only a game back of Sacramento, two back of Dallas. And so they could easily get themselves up into that seven. And and right there, look, and New Orleans and uh, Phoenix are only three games ahead of them in that. So, I mean, realistically, you could see the Lakers jump up to that 6-5 spot. So, yes, you're, you're spot on on that. So the other thing I, that I was looking at with the Lakers this morning, they've got 14 of their, of their final 26 games, 14 are at home, 12 are on the road. And I'm, I'm not saying that it's a favorable schedule, but there are some definite favorable stretches in the final 26 for the Los Angeles Lakers. And I could see LeBron saying, hey, let's flex this thing. Let's, I'm, I'm good. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. In fact, it'd be really nice to be able to take that break while everybody else is playing in that play-in. 
and 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 be able to catch that sixth seed and and find a, a little bit more favorable six three. Yeah, but but you know that they're all just an injury away. I mean, oh yeah, that both of them are so heavy front heavy that one injury to one of the superstars and it's like wrap it up. It's like you're, you're the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, the other point is. When it meant something to the Lakers early into the plan, or sorry, the early season NBA tournament that they won, it's like when it meant something, they they won it. It it meant something to them. I don't know what it meant to the league, but it meant something to LeBron. And, And if you don't think it meant something to LeBron, go listen to some of his comments and then go watch the ceremony where they hoisted the midseason banner and... All, all of them were chirping about it. Now, that's classic LeBron. He might have wanted to just own the first one, yeah. and he'll never care again. But he did care in that moment. He did care in that tournament. And when he cared, he still care, He still carries a heavy punch, bud. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's LeBron, and LeBron will always – like, he cares about things that are important to him. I think winning that midseason tournament was important to him. And I think also – trying to ride off in the sunset with some level of respectability and some level of uh, competitiveness, I think is going to be very important. Well, and we now look, they're not winning a title, but you know, I don't think he wants to be attached to the playing tournament again. We got a firsthand account of this Lakers team minus LeBron James. It was the final game. That was the last game, right? For the jazz going into the all-star weekend. Yeah. Was the Lakers. No, or was it Golden State? Or was it Golden State? I think it was Golden State. Might have been Golden State. Uh, then it was the game But it was before. Lakers before, yeah. Um, yeah. No LeBron on the court. And the Lakers were able to surround. And, and Rui Hachimura stepped up and had himself 36 points. Yeah. And Anthony Davis was Anthony Davis. And they found a way without LeBron. This is still a team that's got, they've got pieces. Yeah. Because when LeBron's on the court... Hatchamur comes off the bench, and he's a force. They just have weapons. They just have weapons. And I do like Dan Witte still. 1248, Hans and Scotty, what you may have missed. Coming up next, then Mark Harlan, Athletic Director of the University of Utah, will join us at 105 right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. Mitch Harper, reading with KSLSports.com, our BYU insider. Spring football not too far away from here. What's going to be priority number one? Is it who's going to be the number one quarterback in spring football? It has to be. That's got to be the focus because, you know, by my estimation, this is the most wide-open quarterback unit since 2002. You know, BYU just doesn't have anyone in the room or the unit right now that you feel like is a future NFL guy, potentially. That's just a new dynamic. And it causes a situation to where it's wide open. And I think that Kalani Sataki said it best, where he doesn't know who's going to be the starter. I think he's really having an open mind going into the spring ball because really none of these players have a pre-BYU resume that says, oh, you better play him or else you're going to lose him. They're all kind of on even footing. And let's see how it plays out. Here, Jake Scott and Ben Anderson every day from 10 to noon on 97.5 B. Sell sports so. Number 
one. Miss any part of the show? Every moment of every show is available in podcast form by searching Hans and Scotty on your favorite podcasting platform or online at kslsports.com. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Happy Wednesday. Mark Harlan, athletic director at the University of Utah, will join us 10 minutes from right now. we got a lot to talk to him about. Football, recapping that season, looking ahead to their first year in the Big 12 coming up, uh, basketball, college football playoff committee, all kinds of good stuff. We'll chat with him coming up here in about 10 minutes. Okay, so whistle pig is two things. Whistle pig is uh, it, it is a rye bourbon. Um, All right, some type of very nice bourbon. Lloyd, do you like bourbon? No, I'm just asking. Like, like I cook do. with yes. Oh, okay, absolutely. But not not on a Saturday night when the kids are in bed. Yeah, it's not the worst. Like, what's your what's your? I mean, I know you don't drink a lot now, and I'm not trying to. Paint I you did nothing. drink a lot then. Well. You're trying to make it sound like I have a prop. Don't okay. shake your head. I'm at not me. shaking my head. I'm just saying, like, you know, when you try. I enjoyed a, a nice Jack and Coke. There okay. All right. Oh, Scotty, look at this. Because that's what I got you for Christmas that one time was Jack. Like, look, at, I'm going to show you what you won't get, Lloyd, that for was Christmas. Nice. Whoa. Yeah. 22 it's grand? Whistle Pig Farm, the Boss Hog First Edition, straight rye whiskey. It's a 750 milliliter bottle. For $22,090.99. Jeez. Okay, so Whistle Pig is a bourbon, or it looks like Whistle Pig is a label that can be on whiskey. And then you see these are the Whistle Pigs. What was the think pig thing you brought up yesterday? What pig thing? There was something you brought up that was pig. Uh, oh, boy. Don't do it. No, I'm oh, not. Oh, no, 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 I, it I, was something, and I, I'm trying to remember what it no, was. No, I put it on uh, one of my social media, the pig bow. It, it was just a fat rainbow. And I called it a no, pig. No, there was oh. something else. A scam. It was called pigs. No, I did that. That was uh, that pig was whole world news. That was pigs pig slaughtering or oh, pigs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, no. that was Scotty's deal. Okay, no. That was that of, was his whole a world. Lot news. Of, a lot of pig mentioning the last little bit. Well, don't, don't do it. Yeah, don't I'm do not. It. Okay. Don't do it. I'm not going to. Because for some reason today you're grumpy. Sensitive? With me. Grumpy towards me. Are you talking to me or him? No, hands. He's oh. grumpy towards me today. I've never I that's I've never heard of such a thing. I've I've never been upset with you, man, Scotty. I I I want to just I want to give Coach Pope and and Coach Sprinkle big hugs. Oh yeah, because they really did make my night. It really was. It was because it's not about the win. It's not just like oh well they got to win. Oh yeah, it was the opponent that they beat. Yes, top ranked opponents. It was the point in the season that they beat them. You know, you're down the line a ways now. Both of them have played some physical brands of basketball. They've played a lot of tough teams. They could have excuses of, well, we're just, we just don't have the depth to compete in these moments at this time in the schedule. And they could have all kinds of excuses. And both of them were a real dogfight. Now, they ended with a two-possession-plus score, but... All the way up until the final minute of both, you're like, oh, you're chewing your fingernails oh, yeah. thinking, oh, my oh, yeah. gosh. So they took it all the way to the wire, and they found a way to finish. And those are great qualities of potential tournament teams that aren't just a tournament yeah. team, but maybe they go get a win in the tournament. Handling adversity, 
handing handling issues, both playing in front of rabid fan bases. You know, Jake Hatch was at the game last night, and I was talking to him, and he said it's the loudest he's seen it this year. I know you two were at the Boise State game when it was loud and crazy, and I didn't think anything would top that this year. That crowd last night topped that Boise State. It was more than crowd. that? Yeah, because I think it was closer. Like that Boise State game got out of hand in the second half, but when Darius Brown hit that three yeah. to push Utah State to a six-point lead, yeah. that get that place just – I. I I have not heard it like that in a long, long time. That Had I it. known it was going to be louder than what we saw at what we witnessed at against Boise State, I probably would have taken some headphones because it was that it was loud. It, it was, was like, loud. It was yeah. deafening. Yeah, and those rubber glove claps are crazy. Yeah, the, the, the claps with the rubber. Hey, you break the computer. Yeah, I can't get the screen to set up right. The 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 way the student section. Yeah, they use rubber. those blue rubber gloves. Uh, did yeah. you see the post that I put out of the free throws? Shooting the free throws yes. in the Marriott? Yeah. That's hey, nuts. Okay, so you've been to a lot of arenas. Have you seen anything no, like that? No, I tell you what, that's what this is what college basketball is all about. I get it. Like, there's a lot of NBA nerds out there that, like, well, the college game sucks. Okay, I get it. It's not the NBA level of skill and talent. But, folks, let's be honest here. That is uh, the emotions you get in a college basketball game in that, those kind of environments are second to none. And I can't imagine trying to shoot a free throw into that. If that's legal, why doesn't everybody do it? Yeah, I know. All right. I agree. Because this this free throw that I'm highlighting, that was a critical free throw yeah. for Baylor. And he clanked it off the left side. Bad miss. And for those of you that haven't seen the video, you can go check it out at 975Hans on X. But they've got those crazy balloon guys that you see at car dealerships. They've got those things blown up on either side of the basketball standard and then behind the standard they've got these black and white lines and these big stretches of paper that they move back and forth and then they've got these twirly things that make you a little bit dizzy it's a lot of distraction yeah. behind the standard mark harlan joins us next 97.5 the ksl sports zone